Podcast Network, After Buzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Pull out all the teeth impregnate them when they're crying and put up that feeding tube in We are doing two parodies at the same time. Mine was better. No one could understand either one of you or John. I was saying that you need to, you know, tie up your daughters, impregnate them, rip out all their teeth, and put a feeding tube in them because your daughters will give birth to more daughters. Afterbus TV does not condone or consent in any of what you may have done based on what Steve Lemieux just said. Okay, this is referencing directly into the show and John Mayer's love life potentially. I don't know. Yeah, but we don't know that all those women in that place was his daughter. We don't know that. So, he needs more daughters. Guys, thank you for tuning in. This is the Helix After Show here at AfterBuzz TV. We are covering Season 2, Episode 12, entitled Ascendant. Ascendant. Or if I was going to say that in another language, it's entitled Eli. Oh, God. Hi, guys. I'm Eli. <laughs> Man, can't wait to read the book of Eli. No, I... Uh, <laughs> This is, a good, this is a pretty good movie. Denzel and all that. Um, so, this episode, a little bit crazy. Lots of stuff bit. happening happening in this episode. And kind of a few throwbacks to season one. Uh, just to list a few off quickly. Peter's screaming while he's chopping up bodies. You know, that's just kind of the norm for do. Peter. Yeah, that's how you do. Um, and then releasing the, uh, the, the non-dental worked pregnant women. Um, releasing them? Yeah, releasing yeah, them. They're they're on the loose now. They're basically the 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 new vector, the prego vector. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. They're full of a different kind of uh, ziz. ziz. <laughs> oh my god! And we're getting into what? It I was quick. talking about the food that the, they've been no. getting through feeding tubes. Oh, is that is that what you're talking about? What were you thinking? Gross. Moving on, so we get we get a lot of development in this with with Soren actually, and yeah. with Soren with Peter with Kira. I mean, sorry, not Kira. Um, with um Julia, I do have to say that um unfortunately, Kira is was not available to come on tonight. Um, we had confirmed her, but things pop up, and you know. I can't blame it, people. It happens. It's, people are busy. It's it, yeah. This industry has a lot of changing schedules. It happens. And it's exactly. on holiday weekend, and how often do they get to spend time with their actual family when they're not working constantly? I know, because she's got to go back and film Helix Season 3, right, guys? Right. Hashtag Renewed Helix. Um, <laughs> instead, though, we have a fantastic uh, actress joining us a little later on the show. Her name is Sarah Booth, and she plays Sister Olivia. She is the woman that a few episodes or five episodes back we really hated. <laughs> now we kind of like. And now we kind of like. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess we should use past tense. Soren's mother. You've watched the episode, so I guess we can use past tense. Yeah. Uh, we liked her. <laughs> In the end, she had a good redemption. So the episode opens with a good old-fashioned chopping. And uh, this really felt like something out of The Walking Dead, like yep. he was about to start wearing it. And it also felt like um, a little bit of softcore porn. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, because Peter's got to get that action. Yeah. So what we've all well, suspected... Sergio's dead now, so somebody has to. Somebody has to sleep with Anne when Sergio's Look, gone. Nothing turns Anne on more than corpse disposal. Yeah. Corpse disposal is kind of her thing. Yeah. And you know what? If there's a fetish that kind of caters to you on St. Germain's Island, it's corpse disposal. And the thing that makes me happy is it gives me just a little faith in, like, you know, the future and, like, meeting someone. Because, like, look at the relationship they have and how loving and tender it is and healthy it is only after 12 days of knowing each other. They had sex in a shower, guys. That's as much in love as you can 12 be. 12 days. 12 days. You know, they're on day 12. And that's been twelve days. That's been twelve days. <laughs> that's actually uh, that's actually six times two for all of you listening out there and uh, keeping up with us. And I do want to say really quick, yeah. 
12 weeks? Oh my god, it's been 12 weeks. Guys, I do want to say, uh, if you aren't following the Helix Writers Room Twitter, as well as uh, the Helix Twitter, or us, they tweet out some pretty cool stuff, and uh, one thing I want to shout out before we uh, really, for, 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 before I get forget about it, is they tweeted out this poster that says, um, Ilaria Fresh, and it's got like apple orchards blooming, and it says, <laughs> giving you the protein you need, only better, or the fruit you need, only better, and it has like apples and things like that, so based on this, it's supposed to be a le- leaked email, so I'm to assume that they're really marketing this Ilaria Fresh it freshly makes you sterile. If you cut into an apple and you see no seeds in the apple, don't eat it. It's like giving you protein so your protein does not work. Apples I, don't have protein. No, she was just, talking about semen. Yes. It was a bad joke. But, 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 yes. Okay, moving on. <laughs> so, I want to... I'm back, guys! I want to break down Peter... I mean, not Peter... Uh, Alan and Julia, because it's kind of a self-contained story, and it doesn't interact with too many other characters. That's why I think that this is the best one to kind of shoot through, even though the episode ends on it with a very... Uh... Should we shout out our tweeter? Twitter? Tweeter. Oh, uh, sure. Who, who's actually hosting with me tonight? I forgot to do that. By the yeah. way, guys, you can, you can subscribe to AfterBuzz TV on YouTube.com slash AfterBuzz TV. You can follow AfterBuzz TV on Twitter slash AfterBuzz TV. You can follow me at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. Joining me tonight are my amazing co-hosts, Liz Rishmaui. <laughs> hey, guys. You can follow me on Twitter at Lizzie Maui. That's L-I-Z-Z-Y-M-A-W-Y. Sorry for the two-week hiatus, but I'm back, and I'm better than ever. Maybe, I think, no promises. Back in the saddle again. Okay, Zach. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at that Zach Wilson. T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. Zach in the saddle again. <laughs> Oh, come it's on, happening. man. We're, we started with parodies. we got to continue it. Okay. So, we get this... Um, Julia is trying to find mother. She's trying to find a substitute mother because she has mommy issues. Funny, no. Um, <laughs> because the root's dead. What, she, what Amy told her where she hit it, the root is dead. She consults with Anne, and Anne's like, well, it's impossible because this painting's 300 years old, and the original tree is dead, and he just pulled a, the root from the original tree. And that's what we've been using to make these um, non-working genital apples. Oh, God. Um, So she's looking at this painting, and she's trying to figure out where Mother is. Meanwhile, she kind of consults with um, Sarah, and Sarah's just all about the baby. Sarah's not even, like, focusing on anything except, like, we can bring back Mother by using this sodium drip, and it's like, that'll take a month. I have to save my baby. (laughs) Save the baby! This is the only thing I care about now, even though I'm immortal, too, and I guess I don't care about the rest of my family who might still exist or not. She saves children, but only jar children. Hey, it is her baby, though. No, like, I know, you have but... to give her some credit. Like, she's doing everything, everything she can to save her baby after she got stabbed by some crazy lady. Look, if I have to inject this liquid into my baby jar every 30 minutes for the rest of my eternal life, I will, because I am a scientist and I don't know how to do an IV drip. Ah. Of course she's going to do an IV drip eventually. <laughs> when she gets to that. No, I'm just saying, though, the fact of the matter is is that that's, like, the only thing she cares about. Only, and I get it. Kids, I get it. I don't ha- I'm not a mother. But, you know, again, like, them, her, Julia basically saying to her, like, hey, everybody you know and love who's out there is not going to live. And she basically, like, if she does have family or, you know, whatever, she really doesn't seem to care about anybody else. Pretty much. Yep. Um... Well, at least we get a little bit of uh, Dr. Jordan being a badass this episode. Just it's a little true. bit, which I'm happy about. I'm so happy she's finally like showing the fact that, oh my god, you have two arms, you're immortal, and now you have a machete. Yes. This is yeah. what we've been waiting for. <laughs> Seriously. That is a movie. She's immortal. She's got two arms. She's got a machete. She's got two arms, and she's going to cut off your foot. Coming April 3rd on Sci-Fi. Um, I don't so, like the voices. You don't like the voices? No, I just, I don't know. It's, it's less Batman. It, it wasn't supposed to be Batman. Um, so she decides she's going to use this painting that Michael uh, painted that shows where the original mother tree was. And she's looking at it, and she's, she notices it's the stars. Because Michael was an astronomer. He's done so many things through growing up, and he's got plenty of time, that the stars can lead her to where mother was. It's like Neverland. So she gets Alan involved, and they have this little story about how well, Julia, I remember when we talked about how you can locate things. 
by stars, but I was really just trying to get you in my tent so I could sleep with you, even though you're my brother's wife. All right, no one like, likes no. listening oh, wait, to no. that. Peter's, she was in the right. wife with the that's thing right. that my they bad. were married. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> so they decide that they'll look for it by the stars. They kind of play it out, and bam, where is Mother Zack? She's been right under our feet the whole time. Right under our noses. So wait, did, here's the here's the, my question. Does that mean that Michael chopped down the tree? I think the tree was dead. Because they say the tree died and he, yeah. t- he was taking roots from the dead tree and spliced okay. them under things. So I think he chopped the tree down and probably used the wood to build... The, the abbey. The abbey. So the whole abbey. So the tree died. Yeah, yeah. the tree was then dead. he chopped it down and built and the abbey for its remains. Yeah, because he, he was saving the roots so he could splice them on other things because the tree was dead. So it was sort of his first culling, if you will. He, he is the Abraham Lincoln to the mother tree. That he was chopped George it down. Washington. Yeah, that was George Washington. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln probably chopped a tree down too. All right, guys. He did. Guys? He, did. Cabin. he did. There he did. you go. And he built an abbey. Okay. <laughs> My analogy sticks. Okay, so horrible American. They decide. Okay, well let's uh, let's go ahead and lead us down to where the roots are because we're going to dig up this floor and find out that the tree's there, and then Alan can lead me to the roots because somehow Alan knows where the root canal is. <laughs> the root canal. <laughs> How long were you waiting to do that? Since I saw the episode. There you go. You. So then they get down under the tree. But they don't get down under the tree. They just go under the tree. No, they're not getting down, though. They just go down. Quite the opposite. Yeah, they go down under the tree. Still (laughs) sounds dirty. Well, it is Julia and Alan Farragut. I mean, am I the only one that kind of wished that they had managed to, like, work their stuff out? I feel like they were kind of working their stuff out, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you just need to bring a gun into the relationship, I guess. I mean, with everything they've been through, I mean, they... And if you're going to bring one gun in, why not bring two? Exactly. You know, who's immortal without a gun? Yeah. So, randomly from another storyline, you see a pregnant toothless lady run by and go, ah! and they drop the flashlight, and when they're getting back up, they're like, oh my god. Yeah, no, neither one of them thinks, oh, that's probably something worth investigating. Uh, yeah, well, also at the same time, too, it's like they're on a mission. I get not to divert, you know, divert from the mission, at least get the route and then maybe investigate because that's probably should be like priority number one. Fair enough. But at the same time, I'd be like, why don't one of us watch what, wherever the hell, whatever the hell that was, where it's coming from? Just keep an eye out for it while we're trying to figure out this route situation. I mean, to be fair, they are in the root canal and they are in the abbey where like everything is just crazy because I kind of love it yeah right yeah so I mean they're probably just like I don't know what that is I don't care I don't have the time anything anymore I don't have a I don't have a 14th episode so we can't really go into this right now So We've let's, only got an episode and a half left, crazy crazy person. We, we can't deal with you right now. we got, we got to yeah. save that for next episode. The finale needs to have something creepy as hell in it. Yep. And you're just the, you fit the bill, you toothless pregnant lady. Um, so they notice the phosphorescent green, green glow of... Phosphorescent green glow? Phosphorescent green glow. Okay. Of but the not, Green Lantern but ring. But she didn't notice any of the ones that were above her until she found the one in the dirt. Well, I think it was just more of a ever. She noticed at the same time. I suggest the darkness. You know, <laughs> reasons. Um, so she's like, "Oh my god, the sap has bonded with mother and the fungus, and we can extract it from the fungus and make a mycotic cocktail, a my cocktail that will not turn people into mycotics, but will it will make them infertile by drinking my cocktail." Yes. Mm. Drinking the Julia cocktail. This is like the most audibly like offensive <laughs> podcast we've ever done. <laughs> I mean, uh. hey. So, right at this scene, when they realize that, and Alan's talking, but Alan tells her his theory. It might have been earlier in the episode, but is this where she calls him the conspiracy theorist? Yes. It was It, it was like right around there where he kept on talking about Alaria and all the things that they were planning to do and saying, wake up, Julia. Julia was way too easy. 
Well, the big thing is that he still thinks that. Well, he's he's convinced at this point that Narvik C isn't even what she thinks it is. Like, it's the worst thing possibly that they could have. So I'm actually on his team. I'm Team Allen in this situation. I didn't think about it this way until this episode, guys. So listen up. This is the sh- this is the ziz right here. Okay. So Julia starts working for Ilaria. Obviously, they know that she's Hitaki's daughter. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they know who she is. And obviously, they're not going to like let her in on every little thing yeah. and be a council board member because they know she's not really looking out for Ilaria's best interests, right? Yeah. Okay. So how do you get somebody who's not really looking out for your interests to work for you is make their interests your interests and lead them to twist the truth. Twist the truth. So Alan's point that they didn't really say outright, but you kind of get a hint at. And if you have like three brain cells to rub together, you can kind of figure it out. Sorry, Zach. Um, (laughs) I'm just I'm just I'm just throwing shade. I'm sorry. Okay. Is that Ilaria doesn't really have. Narvik C. Narvik C doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Everyone in the boardroom, it was a unanimous vote. And then you have that woman who just easily decides, hey, I'm going to hook you up with this madam whatever and send you this island to get this drug that we really need. I'm because gonna tr- I'm going to make you, I'm gonna cook for you so you love me and trust me more. I'm going to make you do all the work. <laughs> so basically, it's always been the plan to get the infertility drug and release it on the world. Mm-hmm. That's always been the plan for Ilaria. But there's no way that Julia would even get behind that unless they said, well, it's either this or we kill pretty much 80% of the planet's population. Have your pick. What's the worst choice? Yeah. Because she wouldn't have been on board if it wasn't for that anyway. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it would explain like how Julia has like got not only been gotten into Alaria, but like climbed to the top of their board. Well, why would they send... Why would they send... Um, uh, what's Alan to the island? That's what he was saying. It was way too easy to get information. It was way too easy to kill several immortals. They're freaking immortal. They live for six hundred, like thousands of years or whatever. They starve to death and they still live. Like, how is it so easy that he gets into Alaria, kills a bunch of them, lights the bomb, gets out of there, and just manages to get the exact information he would want? Mm-hmm. It's because they want this drug. They want Alan to get this out there. They want Julia to meet Alan on that island and figure it out and get it for herself. Yeah, it's all part that. of the plan, and Alan knows this, and this is what this episode showed me, which I'm excited about because it means that there was a plan, and the plan is going according to plan and kind of off the rails, but a plan. <laughs> I gotta say, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. That I, I'm on board. I like that theory. Yeah, there you go. So yeah. Alan's goal is what he says is Narvixi doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. I have to kill you, Julia, because you're doing this for the greater good, but you don't realize that there is no option B. There is no plan B. Plan A has all along been infertilization of the human race. That's just plan B for infertilization. It's just Narvik will never. Narvik won't be getting jokes. out. It's very interesting. Um, it plays a little bit with. Um, I know you guys have heard me talk a little bit about Helix Access Granted mm-hmm. here and there, um, but there was a one of the things they put up on there was an email from Madame Durand to somebody. Uh, a conversation between her and Claire Wallenberg. I don't know who that is, but <clears throat> uh, Madame Durand says, uh, lots to talk about. Excited for the Ilaria paradigm to shift again. We are going to change the world. To which, uh, or which was just a response after Claire was like, running an hour late, see you tonight. Hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Um, but yeah, so Alaria paradigm shift is what basically hmm. what is being teased here. Okay. So the question is... What does is, paradigm mean? Is that that they're going <laughs> to... That's the question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, sta- the status quo. Yeah, that's, I, I, I the, know. Which is probably not any easier uh, if you don't know what it means. But... The idea is that everything is going to change at is, but is it just at Alaria, or is it that they're going to? Is, is Menendron basically waiting for that call from Julia to go in and like shoot the board in the head? I think what this is kind of alluding to is that 
perhaps this apple and this infertilization thing could be the second part of Narvik because they have one part, right? Yeah, but you also have to think and uh, keep into mind, too, that, I mean, we haven't gotten any, like, flash-forwards into the future for a few episodes now. And so I'm wondering, I mean, we know in the future there is something really bad that's happening that is killing off immortals. And, I mean, it kind of makes me question. I like your theory about there not being an Arvik Sea or whatever it is, but it's like I... Is it is it really just what's spread on the island that's plaguing all them, infecting immortals, or is there actually a Narvik Sea, but it's not what we think it is or was or was intending to be? Well, I have a prediction for that that we'll get into later. Yeah. At the beginning of the season, the the disease is not Narvik; it's uh, like Th a bunch of numbers. It was a THC. Oh god. <laughs> no, that would be helping everyone. Oh, okay. Um, no, it was I don't remember what the what the, the letters and numbers were, but there was like just a call name for it and it wasn't Narvik C or they would have called it that. So it's either a Narvik uh a Narvik new B Narvik or, yeah. or new Narvik that we knew of combined with the mycosis or the mycosis itself. Yeah. So I wanna ask you guys, we have our special guest on the line, which I'll introduce in one second before we move on from this topic and move on to the topic that we're gonna be talking with her on. Um who do you think shot the shot, Liz? Well, I mean, no, just one, just one, one word name. I, uh, I, I don't know. Julia. <laughs> I think Alan shot it. It's the only. Re- it's the only way both of them survived that encounter. Yeah. Because she's immortal, she won't get killed by or it. Or she shot him and just injured him, but he's not dead. Maybe or, I don't know. I think I think Julia shot, or uh, I think Alan shot. Or oh. Alan's dead. It was Han. We didn't see Han him in the preview. He shot first. You big summer blowout, guys! Thank you for watching the Helix After Show. If you haven't already, go to iTunes, comment, rate five stars. We'll give you a shout out here. But in the meantime, we have an amazing guest on the line. You may know her as that bitch who stabbed Sarah. <laughs> And tried to imp- un- unimpregnate her, but now as Soren's mother, who's actually a likable character, she's had an arc throughout this season that went from unlikable to redeemable to holy crap, dead in front of her child's eyes, which is really scary and creepy. Thank you for joining us, Sarah Booth, who plays Sister Olivia. You're on the line. Hello, how are you? We're doing great. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. Was that your favorite introduction ever on any show? Is that bitch who stabbed so and so? Like, <laughs> honestly, it's amazing because all the characters I've been playing lately have had knives in their hands. So yes. I think it's it's pretty appropriate <laughs> to uh, what I've been doing lately. It's a specialty on her resume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. I know I know how to you know handle myself around knives. Sweet. Yeah. What? Just say it, Jonathan, if you need to say something. Um, so I, I do want to ask, when you went into this, is this how you expected your character to go out? Because, like, I would, ass- I would assume earlier, like, that it would be a retaliation for what you did to Sarah. But, no, it's it's something completely different. Well, okay, the first thing I have to say is when I did audition for uh, this season of Helix... When you audition for these kinds of shows, they always make you sign an NDA and you have no idea what's going on or what you're getting into, right? Mm -hmm. So when I got my character breakdown for this, it said Sister Olivia, and my agent told me I was auditioning for a nun. (laughs) 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 So with, with, you know, the kind of things I've been playing uh, lately, I was like, really? Like, I play drug, drug addicts and prostitutes. They want me to go in for a nun. I was like, all right. So I went wearing like all the like all this black clothes, and I was like super like you know really polite and everything. And then as soon as I get through the first audition, they tell me you know come back for another read. And then I get a little bit more on the character, and I was like, oh, okay. oh this you're- is completely different. Different, different action than I was thinking of. So, um, but no, I think what's so fun about these shows is that um, when you get into it, you don't know, as you know, a smaller character like I had, you don't know if you're going to be there for one episode, two episodes, or 13 episodes. You have no idea. And they kind of have an, an idea of what they're, what they're going for for the season. But, you know, it kind of changes over the season. So... I, I really had no idea how long I was going to be there. So every time I left set, I was like, bye, guys. Um, maybe see you guys again. You don't know if you get that script. And it's like, mm, I'm dead. I'm dead. Bye. You know? 
So it's 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 kind of fun. I had no idea what was going to happen with my character, and I had no idea people would hate my character. So much. <laughs> God forbid they would hate your character for stabbing a pregnant lady. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? I, who knows? Who knows? Right? Maybe they would have been sick of Sarah by then, but I guess not. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Well, a little bit. Yeah, a little whiny. I mean, you can't. I was. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, so I did something about it. As that wasn't even the script. She just, you know, did it, and they were like, we like it. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty impressed with uh, with how how far Olivia Olivia would go. Definitely. I will say that uh, your portrayal of a nun from having gone to Catholic school for one year was actually pretty spot on. So you can be proud. <laughs> <laughs> Yes! <laughs> stabbing, stabbing as well. Um, so, breaking into this storyline, you have a change of heart now that Soren is back at the Abbey. Soren is safe, your son is safe, you're no longer on that cult train, drinking the Kool-Aid, and telling everyone that the doctors are evil. Because the doctor saved your son. Exactly. Well, I mean, I think Olivia always had a, you know, she, she's always the one from the beginning that was always kind of, you know, skeptical and... What, you know, she she always had that little, but, what, how come, you know, kind of attitude. So, um, you know, I think it's really interesting that at the beginning she was really uh, skeptical of these doctors. And then at the end she's the one that ends up kind of, you know, shout, shouting out and helping helping them out. So it's definitely a huge shift. But, you know, I think with her son coming back, um, you know, I, I just think she... She she seems to be really good at, at pulling 180s, I would say. Yeah. I think she's probably <laughs> surprising the... and being swayed. I think she's probably... You know, the funniest thing about it, though, when you think about it, is she's probably, aside from maybe, say, Sarah, but that's a totally different thing with an unborn baby, she's probably the only character on that island who actually is a good mother. When you think about it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, think hard about it. Uh, yeah, I, I totally get where you're coming from, but there's also moments where I was like, but, you know, she does, she totally um, loves her son and is dedicated to him, but then sometimes I would be like, but, Olivia, your son's been gone forever. Like, you go know? chase like, him. Go find well, him. Well, to the extent of these people who, how brainwashed they are and drinking the Kool-Aid in this cult, because she always was like, but where's the son? And then they're like, believe, believe, believe. And she's like, okay, I believe. Exactly. But Soren. He's so. on his path. He's on his path. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, like, I think, I think she is, you know, of course she's a good mother. She wants the best. You know, she wants the best for her son. She would never, she would never willingly say, "Oh, he's gone." Like, oh, yeah. I never really wanted a kid, anyways. Perfect, you know. Like, you know, she she obviously wants the best for her child, but that's the thing. Yeah, she's brainwashed. You know, she she has to. I think the the one thing with Olivia that I found really interesting is that that's the one thing that she has is her faith and her belief in in this community. Um, and as soon as that gets shaken up that's when she you know she goes and she helps the doctors because i think after she loses that she really has nothing left because that's her entire life well i think it's i think it's also interesting because they actually did your character in a way that made us care about more of what she's doing and not just have her be the character that's where's coral not be Lori <laughs> from freaking walking dead wondering where your son is every where's episode coral? you kind of you kind of in a way it's it's sad because you kind of give up on the fact that your son could even be alive, but on the right. other end, it does give you that redemption when you find out he is alive and you do change your mind. Because I, I hate characters that can have a truth in their face and just completely deny it and still hate something. The fact that your character made the mental shift when you discovered your son was alive and attributed it to these people, um, it actually makes your character more believable, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Especially after she's seen all this death around her, you know, the fact that she she you know she kind of did accept that her son might not be coming back, you know, because pretty much you know as they say, everyone drank the Kool Aid, um, <laughs> and you know she's seen everybody go go around her. I think the fact that her you know she actually sees her son being saved by the by these doctors and coming back really you know revives her faith in something at least, and I think that that ends up being them, but unfortunately doesn't really work out for her in the end. 
So what was it like filming that last scene with Sister Olivia, where you have Soren right behind the doors, and I don't know if he was actually behind the doors when you were filming, but just having to get in that mind space where you know your son is watching you get choked to death, and then your neck well, cracked. First of all, Cameron, who plays Soren, is an amazing actor. He's so good. So good. Um, and yes, he was behind that door while we did it because they were uh, they were shooting um, you know over the shoulder for him he, so he had to be in in the closet when that happened and um, he was um, like he made me cry so many times <laughs> that day uh, he's just so emotional and so great but it was really fun because I've I've um, I've known Neil, Neil for a while now because we're both from Montreal so you know we worked out like the whole like struggle and fight and uh, we did it so many times. Like, I have to say, I was quite sore the next day. But it was totally worth it. It was, totally worth it. Um, it was, it was, it was pretty. Like, it was pretty emotional because we we shot it um, in sequence. So uh, by the time I was lying on the ground and he was crying over me, um, you know, I was done on the show. And uh, you know, my my son. Just just bawling over me and I'm trying not to cry on the ground while the camera's over me because I obviously you know can't breathe and can't show that <laughs> I'm actually alive um but it, it was uh it was it was pretty intense it was like you know Neil's a really you know physical dude and I have some background in stunts as well so when we when we did it we really went all the way and it was it I don't know I think it turned out really well yeah Neil it's pretty great Neil, we've had Neil in the show, uh, as you probably already know, a couple times, and he's one of, you know, everybody's our favorites, but, you know, like, Neil is just <laughs> one of those guys that it's like, I mean, we were talking about the stunts and stuff they did when they were in that, um, what was it, the little, the French word for the prison? Oubliette. Yeah, the oubliette. So, you know, oh, how he, he did yeah. all that himself, too. So, you know, I yeah. can only imagine this dude who's, like, ripped, like, it's climbing, rock climbing and stuff like that. He's like, all right, I'm just going to str- choke you a little, but I'll try not to hurt you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neil, please, please don't have a like a little, you know, a little moment where you forget who you are. <laughs> so, um, I, oh, no, uh, but Neil is ripped. He's he's he is like a firecracker. We saw him sure. pretty much almost naked in that one scene with a uh, sister Anne. So yeah, everybody got a good uh, sense of how ripped he is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so full internet knows. Um, So what is it like to get that news, like get that script that you know, that you find out your character is about to die? Do you you get the word from the producer beforehand, or do you just have to read it that line? Oh, I guess I'm looking for work now. (laughs) Oh, I think... Oh, there she is. Oh. That part sucks, you know? But, um, no, honestly, I had no idea I was going to last this long on the show because, as they say in Helix, anybody can die at any time. So the fact that I made it to episode 12, I was ecstatic because when I read the episode where everybody drinks Kool-Aid, I was like, oh, no, not already. Yeah. Um, I mean, you outlived <laughs> Amy. I mean, that's got to be... That's got to be a, a really good victory for a character. You outlived Amy. <laughs> exactly. I got further. I got further. Well, that's the thing, because you never know. Some characters go on to the next season. Some don't because, you know, they're kind of more, uh, the, the seasons are more, you know, um, location. You yeah. know, it depends on the location um, of all the, you know, it depends on um, where the characters are going to be. But, you know, I said, you know, you, you don't know. So, and they don't tell you, which is also fun because, also on shows, you can get a script that says, oh, you die, and then you'll get a rewrite. Like, oh, you don't die, and then you do die. So <laughs> you have no idea. But, yeah, I am unemployed now, so. <laughs> but, um, no, when I read the way that my character dies, I was um, I was pretty happy, like, that it wasn't just, you know, oh, she dies with the rest of the It them. wasn't Sergio. Yeah. And I got my own <laughs> special death. So I want to actually talk about that death in in the way that we had a conversation last week on pointless deaths and somehow the deaths just don't seem to do it for us when it's such a main character. Yeah. Um, What I really liked about the way you died which is not something I would probably say to somebody in the real life. (laughs) Um, What I really liked is that it was a throwback. It was you you see the mask behind Brother Michael when he puts his arms around Anne's neck and cracks her neck. 
and it shows the power, and it shows that Agnes, Wait, Agnes, Agnes, that's what I meant, Agnes. Um, it shows his power, and it shows his willingness to Have cut to off loose ends, cut off loose ends like that, and he's not afraid to do it. With uh, Sister Olivia, you have Brother Eli, I guess now uh, Peter yeah. Farragut. Uh, now taking the reins and taking control of the Abbey in the position that Brother Michael was in, and in the same kind of situation, somebody releases information that is damaging to him, and his his recourse is to show his power by breaking her neck. It was kind of a, a shadowing. They do a lot of these shadowings of, of Brother Michael with uh, Peter's character, in this show, especially when it shows Eli will talk to you now, and he's like standing at the window, the exact same posture, the same way, same haircut, same haircut. Behind, <laughs> he looks like the exact same person. Yeah, we made a comment about that earlier in this in this series uh, with when Michael was still around, uh, that they really could pass as brothers um, mm-hmm. almost to, to just the way the actors look in general with the haircuts. Yeah, so. because brother Michael and sleeping brother with Eli. the same daughter, you know. <laughs> God. Okay, this is not his daughter, though. That's nice. Yeah, it's, it's always nice. <laughs> so we're going to move on to the whole Sarah and um, Dr. Double My Cot Dick Texas storyline. Oh um, if you've been following Dick the Texas. show, you'll know that that's, uh, that's Dr. Kyle Summers. He's, he's Dr. Double My Cot Dick Texas because he's yeah. evolved from Double Dick Texas. Fast. Why? I, when did it double? Double Dr. Double My Cot Dick Texas? What, what, what's the double? Because he became Double Dick Texas when he became a total dick. That's why we call him Dick. Dick. That's why we call him Doctor Dick Texas. I don't know when it but doubled. Yeah, my cock. Dick maybe, anyway. maybe just watch anyway. the after show and words. figure it out. Um, <laughs> so, running with this storyline, we have Sarah who's trying to figure out a way to save her child. Um, we have a meeting with Alan between Sarah and Alan's like, "Is that my baby?" And she's like, "Yes, it is your baby, Alan. Let's elope." And he's like, "Nah, bitch. I got a gun. Shit to do." <laughs> So, that's the last we see of uh, Alan around that kid. And then, uh, that's when Olivia warns Dr. Double My Cot Dick Texas that they're coming for them. Because Anne decided that now is the time to arm everybody and have them take out every member of the CDC. So, Kyle's like, we gotta go. These people got hatchets, they got axes, they got pitchforks, they got ziz, they got all this stuff. And they're gonna kill us. I can't leave my baby. Damn it, they're going to kill us. I can't leave my baby. I have this amazing jar-shaped backpack that I just happened to find around the Abbey for situations just in this case. And I need to put the jar in this backpack before we go. Go put those apple boxes in front of the door. Uh-oh, the glass is broken, you guys. <laughs> it's okay, I got chewing gum. So now we go back to the location. They escape the, they escape the, the angry mob chewing at this gum. point. And now we go back to the location where Sergio died. Um, So they're in this tower, and we're like, wow, you guys are cornering yourselves in. But then you'd think that the search party would think, okay, they just left. We could probably chase them a bit more. But luckily, they give up just in time for Sarah to have this large conversation with Dr. Double My Cot Dick Texas in the stairwell about how the jar is leaking. Luckily, he has some juicy fruit. (laughs) It's so yeah. scientific. He's very prepared. Always very prepared. This oh, guy. God. Does it just mirror did his accent, like, over, especially in the last, like, two episodes? He went from, like, hey, I'm from Texas to, like, hey, I'm from Texas. Like, it's just so much stronger since, like, no, he became iconic. No, I just feel like it has. I don't know. Maybe it's because he's becoming a little... Accents are sexy. you got to play with that. Accents are sexy. I know. I just feel like it's gotten stronger since he's, like, recovered from being mycotic, and now he's just, like, even more so, and kids made fun of me, and I got juicy fruit, and I don't know. I just something I noticed. I think that, uh, I think at least Mark Ganime, you know, Sergio, can take comfort knowing that his character lasted longer in this series than a stick of juicy fruit will ever last. (laughs) That flavor goes away too quickly. And we can just say, too, for the record, just because you die does not mean that if there is uh, renew season three for Helix uh, does not mean you won't come back as a memory when somebody's having episodes and just talking to themselves. Yeah, we could there get a flashback. Doreen, it's sci-fi, people. It's sci-fi. You it, never know. If Doreen can come back, damn it, why not Olivia? Yeah, we <laughs> st- technically Who knows if she'll be good or bad. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we have Anton Probetic in the in the jar, the original head jar from season one. Uh, they still have the head jar of seven of nine. They're like the same jars, actually. So we called, you know, we called the baby JB Jar Baby. 
Nice, JB. 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 You didn't you didn't do Forever Fetus while you were filming? <laughs> well, they were already done. We, we come up with that probably before, when they were done filming. Is it bad that I just imagine taking that baby jar and putting it in like one of those pneumatic tubes they use at the bank that like sucks it up and like takes it up? <laughs> 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 just put it in someone's aquarium one day. See how long it tells it takes them to figure out in there. Oh, it's like you have the fishes with the castle, the little <laughs> shells, and then you have the fetus just baby floating. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> little little tag that says like artwork by so Alan Farragut. We, we did figure out why they were going up to the top of the tower. It's because that was the best place to get reception. Uh huh. Yeah, that makes sense. And they can get a helicopter evac from there. Exactly. So okay, so it wasn't a total dead end. I mean, that's what I do when I can't get reception. I go up the bell tower. Yeah, yeah it's, it's smart. There's, there's no Alfred Hitchcockian uh, fears to go along with something like that. So they call for evac. The guy's like, get off this channel. It's military restricted. He's like, I got a cure because I'm double my cot dick Texas. And the guy's like, let me put you on the phone with Captain Wilson. So immediately yeah. they have Captain Wilson. Captain that Zach Wilson. Immediately they put him, They get a military-grade helicopter to fly over and try to pick him up just in time for Anne hobbling on her axed foot, which we'll get into in a second, macheted foot, I guess, to tell Peter that what's happening. Peter runs out with a machine gun and starts firing at them, and the they don't fire back. It was a uh, Whatever it was, they got it from the guys that died that were in the military, right? It was like an AR-15. Yeah, it was like an AR-15 military-grade Yeah, whatever. Rifle. So either way, they're firing, but they're dangerous. firing at a military helicopter. Yeah, and they're like, oh my god! Does nobody in the military helicopter have a gun? Yeah. Captain, there's one guy. There's one guy. We can't take it. Retreat, retreat. He's got one really guy. Nice hair. I don't want to screw it up. Maybe it's the Canadian military. They're not as you know gun oh. It's the French military. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're all OPs. So they run so, off. Canadians. Kyle and uh, Call Sarah. Call us back when someone wins, and then we'll take their side. Oh. Kyle and Sarah. <laughs> but let's go ahead and break into what Sarah had to go through to actually get the new jar for the baby. In the she jar tortured backpack. She tortured Anne with a machete. She's like, hey, bitch, I'm going to chop your head off if you don't tell me where I'm these baby jars are. Now, huh? Exactly. Yeah, but I wouldn't really say that she tortured her so much as, like, she waved the, the machete around a lot and yelled a lot, and then it wasn't, like, it's not torture, like, she's, like, slowly slicing her. It was just all the end, ha, like, chop. Like, you're not going to use that. Oh, she yeah. chopped her toes off. Okay, yeah, but that's <laughs> not, like, torture is, like, slow, painful, continual thing. It was more just like talking, waving the thing around, then finally she got pissed, and she's like, alright? You get your toes cut off and tell me it's not torture. Okay, yeah, we'll but talk. there's just like a one no, blow. You get your toes about. cut off and then be forced to like walk around an abbey and crap and go <laughs> down to the She did pretty well, though, all things considered. She was still like walking and hanging in there, like, Eli! So she, Eli! So she's hobbling down to the, to the pregnancy chamber. Um, so Sarah gets introduced also, to... that is something to see. Let's call it a harem, okay? Uh, <laughs> harem of hammocks. The hellish harem of hammocks. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Sister Anne leads Sarah down there, shows her where the baby jars are, and Sarah's like surprisingly not even phased by all of these toothless pregnant women out there. Mm-hmm. She's like, all right, this is some this is some shit right here. Yeah. Pardon my language. This is some, this is some no, stuff. No, it's okay. Right. They say shit in the show like so many times when like what's his name is getting made fun of, so it's fine. Oh yeah, stinky. <laughs> you smell like shit. Yeah. Um. So she finds the baby jars. Luckily, there's about six backup baby jars. I, you I, never know. I hate the fact that I've said baby jar more times than once in my lifetime. <laughs> but you know what? It just kind of happens. I hate the fact that the baby shares the same initials as Justin Bieber. And she, <laughs> well, hopefully we don't have a roast of a jar baby. <laughs> oh, God. oh, my God. Um, well, we did see fire wow. in the previews for next episode, so you never know. Um, but I guess that would be boiled, so maybe it's jar baby soup. And going on, she tells Anne to release the pregnant oh women. God. So now we have a bunch of people who can't talk. Who have probably gone insane. I mean, I don't think you could keep your sanity very long if you couldn't talk, you couldn't, you didn't have teeth, you had a tube pooping food in you, and you just used it as a baby machine. It's like a weird, like, I just think of like, because I think of like old people without the teeth and really can't eat except they're pregnant, which is really screwed up. It's like one of those uh, vending machines in Japan. They have a vending no. machine for everything. I was in Whoa. Japan. I never saw one of those vending machines. 
machines. I saw a lot of stuff, but yeah, not they're that. underground, Liz. I was I was in places, man. <laughs> yeah, and you put your dollar in. It takes nine months for something to come out. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> this got dark. Well, I mean, the show's let's, pretty dark. Let's please move on. <laughs> okay. So. That's when she hobbles back to uh, Eli and is like, yeah, she did this. And that's when he comes out with the gun. I think we've pretty much yeah, covered the, the episode. episode. That's the episode. So Shall we? now that we have, we still have Sarah on the line. And Sarah, I don't think you've seen the script for episode 13, have you? I may have. Oh! Don't tell anyone. Yeah, okay. No, I have. I have seen it. Oh, okay, so you can't really give your predictions, but you can make faces at ours. Let's go ahead and move into predictions. Wait, I have to have a poker face. Okay. You're After Buzz TV, TV predictions. predictions. All right, usually we have a sound drop, but because you're on the line, we don't want to mess up your audio quality. So, all right, I'm going to read some comments, because we have some time. I'm going to read some comments from the chat real quick, just because give them a shout-out. Shout-out to Con Mayo, um, Jonathan Edwards, Heather Sivo. Uh, let's see, we got a few other people in here. Yeah, a bunch of people. The big prediction in the chat roll today... Is um, that Caleb... Caleb and I'll read Jonathan Edwards. Um, here's my prediction. Caleb is Anne and Peter's kid. That's what I said when we were... Just before we came in. I was like, I take it back because Jar Baby's leaking, so... So now you're going back <laughs> on your original theory, Liz. I told you this beforehand. It's because I said if the baby... We find out later on, like, with the episode before when we thought, okay, maybe the baby's going to grow full term with, with, with Anne... Or no, not Aunt Amy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, I'm still right. I'm still right. And then that didn't work out. And then the, that baby happened. We could have. There's no way we would have known there was a baby that was going to appear until this last second. So yes, I agree that Caleb is that baby. I'm so, sticking my ground. Caleb is still Sarah and Alan's baby. I think. Uh, I think Caleb is probably the new Eli baby. Honestly, it's Ooh. it's probably the only reason. Or somehow they fuse that baby with Jar Baby. No. Now you're being just being crazy. Yeah, Listen, it's Helix. I, I I will not. They graft the they're two making babies like, together. They're making like baby turducken. They're gonna put the baby. Oh in... no! no. <laughs> I was more of like you know you Ghostbusters too, where like the the painting wants to become the baby, so it's like that with Jar Baby and that baby. All right, let's oh get in. God. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the thing. I still think it's possible that Anne ends up tied into one of those pregnancy hammocks with a feeding tube in. Andy Mortal left there. Ooh. Like I still think that's possible. That's deep. I think if um if oh. Eli has some cards in play and he might have the syringe full of some spinal fluid, if that's in play at all, if mm. there's any left, I don't know. Thought, um, to go back on exactly what I just said, what <laughs> if we find like Julia is because in the future she's on the island, what if she finds somewhere like in that like deep in the abbey, Sarah is been sitting there for 30 years <laughs> injecting the serum into the the baby to keep it alive cuz she's immortal so she could still be there without any food or anything she's just been living there for 30 years refreshing the uh, the fluid in it's the like jar. It's like an internet explore for thirty years and just like refresh, refresh. It's not loading. It's you not have loading. to hit F five every F5, thirty minutes. F5, yeah. F5. <laughs> that would actually be interesting. Maybe even Sarah is tied up to that thing to keep the baby alive voluntarily. Hmm. I don't know why she'd have Creepy. to be tied up though. I don't know. Um, thirty years though. That's a long time. Uh, Hataki. We still have to figure out how he got to the island. Yeah. Um, if how I, he got the bodies that. over there. Oh to be perfectly honest. I'm just gonna say we're never we're not gonna get Hitachi again nope. this season. I don't no, think I don't we're gonna think get him again. I think next episode will probably be majority in the present time, and then maybe the last fifteen minutes, maybe the last ten minutes are gonna be in the. How long the, is the left season finale supposed to be? It's gotta be longer than an hour, no? No, it's, no, not. it's, it's a regular fifty-two it's a regular episode. Oh my god, I'm yeah. gonna get shot um, all of a sudden. No, That's but it's uh, it. You know, I can't believe the season's up already. Yeah. Um, but I think it's gonna be like we saw in the preview. It, I think it's gonna be big. There's gonna be a lot of battles over it, and then we'll see what happens with Narvik C. Okay. Or we'll no see C. what happens. With You've seen? Have you seen the final page of the script? Can you predict what the final <laughs> uh, what the final scene of the show is, or do you have to stay quiet? Me? Yeah. Um, I have to stay quiet. Okay. I think I think people will be really blown away. Or else she'll lose her job. Wait. 
because the character's dead. That was a bad joke. She'll get sued. Um, yeah, Liz, yeah, I, I can't really lose my job if I spoil it, really. But you just make us mad because we want to. All you will not be a mirage then. Okay, Liz. Yes. Final scene of the season leading into season three. Hoping for that perspective through season three, what do you think that scene is that we see it fading out on? Start with Zach. Okay, Zach, same question. What are we fading out on? Like, last season it was the whole thing in front of the Ilaria building, and you see uh, Julia as at the head of the table and then cut to black. What do you think this season is? Um, it's going to be a uh, mycotic off the island. I, or, the start of the, the... The true start of this outbreak. Or, like... Caleb is holding baby in jar and like with the sword forward that he he was carrying before and sun setting and I have absolutely no idea. I am totally bullshitting this as I go. I have no idea. <laughs> so, Steven. It's just so much that could happen. I have no idea. I, I that's why I'm upset that it's only an hour long still. I would wish it was like a special thing like in the, the first open uh, first uh, episode. I can't. I think judging on how the future is playing out right now mm. in the show and how Julia kind of has her storyline set. I don't think she's the most interesting character to go We're going to see go again. Well, yeah. In future, future, though. Yeah, she was pro- looking for him. Definitely. Oh, no. um, but keep her on. I'm going to wrap up in like 60 seconds, Jonathan. Um, what I'm going to say is... We're going to see all the fruit going to the stores. We're going to get a montage of all the fruit being produced and going to all the stores. And then we're going to see the beginning of an outbreak of people Mm -hmm. turning into mycotics. And that's going to be basically season three. What I'm kind of thinking is because the show has gone in kind of these directions and they're probably going to want something new to grab viewers again for next season. It's going to be a zombie outbreak kind of start. Like, you know, the original outbreak is kind of what they're going to go for. And I think they could go... So you think they're going to end in the the present or in the future? In the present? They're going to end in the present. They're going to cut to Julia. Something happens in the future, and then it's going to, like, lead back to a flashback of what she remembers from when it all happened, or, like, back to the present? No, we're not going to... We're going to get Julia discovering something that might be just... That the, the fetus is dead, that there's nothing, or that she can't do anything with it. Or Julia dies. We could have Julia die. We can start with a clean slate next season with zombie outbreak leading to where we are in the future no, now. I think, I, now that I think about it, I think we're going to end in the future. We're gonna get, I think we're going to see the, the virus get off the island in the episode, and then we end with Julia. At some point, we'll get the explanation of what she hopes to do with the forever fetus to, to cure the world. And it's going to be a tough battle to find it. And then we're going to find Sarah lying, like, curled up with the forever fetus jar, injecting it. In fetus position. All right, guys, we've gone over. Mad Men's got to start, so we got to get out. I want to thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. It's been a pleasure. I'm glad you could come on so last minute to the show. Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me. Um, Where can your fans find you on Twitter and shout out any people you want to shout out? Uh, Yeah, you can find me at at Sarah Film Booth on Twitter. And uh, I just want to thank all the people on Helix, and it was a blast. And I hope you guys enjoy the last episode. I have a feeling that you have no idea what the hell is going on. She's being nice. She's like, I just heard what you think, so you don't know. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, Zach, where can uh, we find you on Twitter? Uh, You guys can follow me on Twitter at ThatZachWilson, T-H-A-T-Z-A-C-H-W-I-L-S-O-N. And also here at AfterBuzz, right up, uh, coming up later tonight, the season finale of Better Call Saul with Stephen Lemieux over here. Liz? Hey guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lizzie Malley. Like I said before, it's at L-I-Z-Z-Y-M-A-W-Y. And I will be here next week for the season finale. All right, guys, you can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X, as well as with Zach tonight on the Better Call Saul after show for the finale of the season. We'll see you guys next week for season two, episode 13, the finale of season two on Helix. Ba-ba-ba! From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. See you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.